Welcome to California Now, a podcast produced by Visit California. I'm Satirius Johnson. This episode, we're all about snow. We'll explore some of the best places in the Golden State to ski, snowboard, and play in the powder. We'll talk to Mike Reitzel, the head of Ski California. The best way I can describe it is it skis like butter. It's just smooth and soft, and you're not sinking deep into it. You're just sliding right on top, and it really is something to behold. And Olympic gold medalist Johnny Mosley returns to the podcast to talk about the two newest installments of the video series, Johnny Mosley's Wildest Dreams. Snow moto and the longboard skiing happened to be something I had on my list from the early days. And then it just all came together for us, and it was an incredible trip. We'll also talk with a veteran ski instructor about how to get started, whether you're like me and haven't been on the slopes since junior high, or want to introduce your kids to the sport. It's all coming up on California Now. It's that time of year when skiers and snowboarders look to the mountains and start planning their adventures. Mike Reitzel is president of Ski California, the state's ski industry association, and he's going to talk to us about the wide variety of snow experiences available in the Golden State. He'll also share some safety initiatives designed to help ensure that the ski and ride crowd make the most of their time on the mountains. Thanks for joining us on California Now, Mike. Thank you very much for having me. So now you've been a skier for most of your life. What is it about skiing in California that keeps people coming back for more? Well, I, yeah, I've been skiing since I was five years old and, and started in California, mostly with those uh, day trips up from the Bay Area. Uh, but, you know, there's so much about California to enjoy when it comes to skiing. I mean, whether it's the, the big mountains or certainly the deep snow, uh, you know, last year we had the top two snowfalls of any resort in the United States. So that's certainly one thing. But we also have this great culture that comes from our surfing that also plays in the mountains as well. And so it's just great to have that outdoor variety here in California. And I know the Golden State offers an incredible range of ski experiences just in the ski kind of space in terms of geography and challenge level, even cost. Could you talk a little bit about the diversity of experiences, maybe starting up north in the Mount Shasta area? Sure. You know, we really are a unique state in that way. I mean, we have 32 member resorts in our association alone, and that starts up in Shasta and extends 700 miles down to Southern California. So that, that variety is really uh, unique, I think, in the entire country. Starting up in Shasta, you, know, you get a unique experience up there. I mean, you're skiing on one of the largest uh, mountains in the country, and it's beautiful. Um, it's snow-capped year-round, and you get a chance to ski down at the base of, of that mountain, and it really is just a, a phenomenal experience. And it's, it's really out there on its, on its own island, if you will. I mean, way up in Northern California uh, is, is a unique place to be, but it, it's absolutely beautiful, and the skiing's great. When I think of California skiing, the Lake Tahoe area comes to mind first. Is, is that where most of the resorts are located? There's no doubt that Tahoe is definitely, I'd say, the crown jewel of California when it comes to skiing. You get about half of our resorts and, and half of the skier visits, um, or maybe a little more, take place 
in the Lake Tahoe area. And even Tahoe itself has tremendous variety uh, because you can be down near the lake, but we have other resorts that are, say, at the top of Donner Summit uh, or at some of our other peaks uh, just south of Lake Tahoe. But we do have some, I will say, we've got some great resorts where you can be skiing down the slope and it almost feels like you're skiing right into Lake Tahoe. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, for, for the uninitiated, though, like uh, for people who don't really know the Lake Tahoe area that well, how would you characterize the snow scene in this part of the High Sierra? Well, the great thing about it is it it's actually has some variety. You know, if you're in if you're in North Lake Tahoe and you go to say Squaw Valley Alpine Meadows, uh, you're at a resort that has six thousand acres of skiing. Uh, then you come down to this valley for some apres ski, where you're sitting on this deck full of people um, and in just a beautiful valley. It's fantastic. And then you've got stuff on the West Shore, like Homewood Mountain Resort, which when I say uh, is on the lake, uh, it is literally on the lake. Um, <laughs> and so you have that just tremendous variety of, of things to experience when you're in the Lake Tahoe area. And there's really nothing else I can think of uh, in any ski industry outside of California that matches what Lake Tahoe has to offer. That's incredible. Mammoth is a huge mountain and also a huge draw for skiers and snowboarders. What are the key selling points there? Well, Mammoth is a, another place that is a, a unique offering. It's out in the Eastern Sierra uh, all by itself. And one thing that's very unique about it is its elevation. You know, Mammoth's base, the very lowest you can get while you're there is 8,000 feet, and you'll take yourself up over 11,000 feet if you ride the gondola there. And the views are spectacular. You can see Yosemite from the top of Mammoth. Uh, you have the minarets, which are uh, a mountain formation that honestly is unlike anything else in California. And you've got 3,000 acres of skiing at Mammoth. It's some of the most beautiful skiing you'll ever experience. And uh, from, from personal experience, having skied there many times, they have this, this wind buff that you ski at Mammoth that honestly, I don't think exists anywhere else in the world. The best way I can describe it is it, is it skis like butter. It's just smooth and soft and you're not sinking deep into it. You're just sliding right on top and it, it really is something to behold. That sounds incredible. All right, let's continue south now a little bit. Let's go over to Big Bear, uh, which is such a key part of the snow scene in California. And it's just a short drive from L.A. It is. And if you've been to L.A. and you haven't been up to Big Bear or the mountains that are above Los Angeles, uh, you're missing out. And it's so close. And you, you're you driving around L.A. and you're almost feeling it's becoming a little bit desert-like. And then all of a sudden you head up the hill and you see something that you never thought could exist in that area. I mean, it's just beautiful. Just the amount of trees that are up there, it, it's just a phenomenal area. And it, it's up at, I think you're around 7,500 feet. So you get pretty high up uh, when you get there. And if you're looking for that California vibe, the surfing culture, you're going to find that at Big Bear, but you're going to get it on skis and snowboards. <laughs> All right, so so you've helped us like get oriented with some of the main ski and ride areas in the state. So thank you for that. But let's talk about safety now for a minute. I live just a couple hours down the road from the Lake Tahoe area. I haven't been skiing since maybe middle school, but let's say this winter I'm thinking about hitting the slopes. Where would you steer me to to start getting prepared? Well, it's definitely a good idea to be prepared before you hit the slopes. Um, you know, I'll say one thing we did very recently as an association 
was we thought about how can we as 32 different resorts come together and try to help out the guest from the safety standpoint with a message that can resonate no matter what resort they go to. So we got together and it, it took a, a lot of time to get that many folks on board with a universal message. But in 2017, we created a mountain safety guide. Uh, it's the first of its kind where you have all resorts in one state coming together and, and providing safety information. But we released that uh, and it's something you can find on our website at skicalifornia.org. And we also distribute it at our member resorts. We've already distributed over 200,000 of them. And it goes through all the various aspects of what you need to consider for, from a safety standpoint, from when you first start, you know, things about your equipment and what you should be wearing. And then it talks also about when you get there and when you're about to get on the slopes, what are the things that you need to think about? It's got information about what you need to read, what do you need to take a look at so you know how to be safe when you're out skiing and riding, whether you're just a, a beginner skier or an advanced skier. We talk about deep snow. Uh, we talk about even avalanches. While super rare, uh, we want people to be prepared for whatever they might experience while on the mountain. So some, some of the, uh, the guidelines you have are kind of very similar to when you're driving a car in traffic, right? Kind of like stay in control, know who has the right of way, when to yield to another skier, things like that, right? Generally speaking, yes. I, I usually refrain from uh, comparing it to driving just because driving is, uh, can be a bit of a boring experience for it, whereas skiing is, is exciting and free. Uh, but it is. It's, it's, we're providing the rules of the road, uh, the things you need to think about when you're out there um, on the mountain because we want everybody to have a good time and, and you know, there's going to be a lot of folks out there uh, going in all directions and, and we want to make sure that you know, they know whether they're in a terrain park or uh, out on a groom slope uh, or in the trees, what the things they need to do. Yeah. And I must say the, the videos that you put out with Jeremy Jones, the safety videos are, are really great because they really explain everything so clearly. Um, and one of the things that um, I thought was interesting is that, that they also touch not only on, you know, the actual act of skiing, but also on lift safety. What's important for people to keep in mind there? Yeah, lift safety is one of the most important things that we uh, promote as, as a ski industry, in part because it's really what we are. Uh, we're really in the uphill transportation business as a ski industry. And what, you, what people really need to think about is making sure you get on the chair safely. Follow the rules. Get, you know, follow the people in front of you. Follow the lift operators and what they're telling you to do. And then really importantly, when you're on the chair, it's important to remember you know, you're 20 to 30 feet off the ground most of the time. And you need to, to sit still and really not do anything that's going to disrupt the ride. I mean, these chairs are designed to make sure that people stay on them. Well, Mike, we have to wrap up soon. But any final takeaways for folks thinking about trying out skiing in California? Well, I'll say we offer just a, a tremendous variety of whatever you're looking for. So if you're looking for that rustic, classic, you know, without the flair, and you just want to focus on great skiing, we've got that at a number of our resorts. But if you also want to have that full pampered experience where you park up front, ski all day, uh, enjoy top-level food and beverage, and finish your ski day with a spa day, uh, we can <laughs> offer that too. Uh, but I think it's important, you know, we, we hear a lot about the, 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 maybe that there's uh, the expense associated with skiing, but, you know, you can get, for less than $300, you can get three lessons, you can get lift tickets and equipment 
for that and almost really learn how to ski just doing that. I think the magic number we've determined, if you can take three lessons, you're going to feel really comfortable on a pair of skis or a snowboard. And then we even have resorts like Homewood, you take three lessons, they give you a free season pass. There are multiple resorts that offer that type of package where entry into the sport is relatively inexpensive. And then when you have uh, resorts like Homewood that, that go ahead and drop a free season pass after you do that, or Sierra at Tahoe has something similar where you get a, a season pass for an, a smaller fee, but they also give you, you can buy equipment at a great rate, or you get season rentals where you can, for the rest of the year included in that pass, you get to just pick up your equipment. Uh, so there's lots of great deals out there and people should really check our resorts websites or go to skicalifornia.org where you can find all of our resorts. And don't forget to pack the sunscreen. And California, no doubt. <laughs> well, Mike, this has really been great. Thank you so much for talking with us on California Now. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Mike Reitzel is president of Ski California, which you can follow on Twitter at California Snow and on Instagram at Ski California. You can find links to all the sites and places we discuss on this show on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. second gear and just pin it. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Dude, these are awesome. This is Johnny Mosley's wildest That was a clip from the video series Johnny Mosley's Wildest Dreams. Johnny Mosley certainly knows a thing or two about playing in the snow. He won a gold medal skiing at the Winter Olympics in 1998. He also shows up on TV as an Olympic and World Cup freestyle skiing analyst. And he appeared on this very podcast just last year. Welcome back to California Now, Johnny. Thank you. Hi, Satirius. It's always great to have you on. You know, we're joining you for this interview this time around in a place that's really special to you. Tell us about Mosley's Sports Bar. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Mosley's Sports Bar. It's, uh, it is a special place. It has become one. Um, well, it's a spot where we watch a lot of games. It's in my, uh, my hometown here, Corte Madera, California, right down the road from where I live. And uh, it's a woman who um, does restaurants around here and approached me about doing a sports bar. And I said... I love sports bars. I love sports. Uh, I said, I just need a few things. I just need pool tables, tons of TVs. I I love games. I want dice cups. And I even brought in this game that I love playing when you're basically when you're waiting for snow or you're snowed in up in Canada. Uh, They play this game called hammer schlagen. Okay. So uh, it's like a loggers game. You take the the skinny end of a hammer and you stand around. It's a drinking game, of course, and you you hold a beer <laughs> and you and everyone you get a shot at the top of the nail with the skinny end of the hammer. The first one to drive the nail all the way in, you pass the hammer. You get one shot, then you pass the hammer, you one shot, and uh, you know wins the game. So I, I guess I would say is it's a f- very sophisticated place. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's it, in all reality, it's 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 upscale. It's an upscale sports bar. She's got a real sense of uh, design and uh, bar food. You know, um, great wings and yummy Brussels sprouts. Lots of beers, good cocktails, and it's become a great place. I, I love hanging out here. I've tried to bring in some ski elements as well. We did a ski toberfest here a few weeks ago, where I brought in Scott Schmidt, and we did a bunch of. Uh, Q&A, tech talk, so people can get educated before the winter starts. So I've been having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, no, that's really great. And I, I wanted to ask you about your, your two newest episodes of Johnny Mosley's Wildest Dreams, Longboard 
and Snowmoto. Both of them are set in the snow up in the mountains north of Lake Tahoe. Um, I imagine you were maybe a little more in your element during these episodes than you were for that rock climbing adventure. Uh, definitely. I mean, I don't know if you, you <laughs> saw that rock climbing adventure, and that was... I did. I, I, way out of my wheelhouse. I mean, I had a great <laughs> time doing it, but man, it was just... You know, when you just feel inept, like you just have nothing, none of your skills apply and the boot, you're scared. And that, that it, it was ended up being really fun and interesting. But yes, the snow episodes, the snow moto and the, uh, you know, longboard skiing happened to be something I had on my list from the early days. And, uh, you know, we tried to do it a couple of times and didn't have kind of the right conditions. So we putting it off and putting it off. And then it just all came together for us. And it was an incredible trip. So let's talk about the Snowmoto episode. It, it was very entertaining. Can you, can you describe these machines you were on for people who've, who've never seen one? Yeah, sure. So essentially, it's a, a, a motorcycle, a dirt bike. And this company called Timbersled designed this modification. So you would remove the back wheel and uh, angle arm, you know, sort of attachment, and you'd bolt on a snowmobile track. And then on the front wheel, they take the front wheel off and they attach basically a single ski. And it's not like a snow ski, but it's like a, uh, a snowmobile ski, a big wide kind of metal ski. And that's really it. I mean, the modifications kind of stop from there. And it just allows, first of all, these motorcycles are much lighter than, than a snowmobile. So it's just very nimble. And, you know, without a whole lot of practice, uh, you know, we were able to get really good enough to start cruising up to the top and come down as if you were like skiing or snowboarding through the trees, making bank turns, jumping off little rocks, which I've snowmobiled a lot in my life, but never really gotten to that point that these things are so nimble. Right. And I mean, it was just, we were like laughing and screaming the whole time. And, <laughs> and um, it was really a highlight of the winter for me. They really are cool machines, and, and you kind of make the astute uh, observation that they're kind of like if a snowmobile and a dirt bike had a baby or, or a motorcycle had a baby, that's what they look like. And they are like these these almost like futuristic looking uh, snow machines, and uh, they go really fast. And there are actually a few spots where you go down in that episode, and I thought, oh, at least, at least the snow looks softer than, than losing control of an actual dirt bike, right? Right. We had, we had good conditions and I think that is, uh, you know, really good for these things. We had about, you know, just under a foot of snow probably. And so they turned really nicely, like you could carve it and, uh, you know, you, we, we crash a lot and it didn't hurt. Um, you know, and the, the bikes are light. So even if they kind of fall on top of you, it, it doesn't, doesn't hurt. So Johnny, where would you send listeners who, who want to have that snow moto experience? Oh yeah. Um, well, there's a couple spots you can uh, rent the bikes, and that's your first step. One place in Truckee is called Tahoe Dirt Bikes, and uh, you pretty much you make a call there, and you can uh, they'll set you all up and tell you where to go, etc. Um, there's a couple other places as well. One in Auburn called Auburn Motorsports, um, but that's your first step. Are there any pro tips for getting started? They're pretty, they're pretty user friendly. I mean, once you, once you get set up with the, you know, get a guy, get a guy, I mean, you're going to have to rent them. The guy's going to, going to show you how to do it. But yeah, I mean, we started on the flat, like in the, in a meadow 
as opposed to just jumping right up on the hill, you know, it's, it takes a little while to learn how to shift and it just depends. It probably depends on your motorcycle familiarity as well, right? Like if you already know how to clutch and shift a motorcycle, it's going to be a lot easier. Um, but I would say don't be intimidated by it at all. I would say just, you know, pick up the phone, book a bike, and, and you don't even really have to go out to the Lost Sierras. I mean, I think you would just, if you were in Tahoe, you'd just say, hey, where can I, what's the closest place I can go? And then I think they kind of send you out into Cold Stream Canyon or something like that close by and give it a try and see what you think. That sounds great. I mean, that's, I mean, start slow. You don't have to take a hill, you know, start flat and then work your way up is what it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you, we had, we had a blast just riding in a flat meadow. I mean, we didn't even need to go up on the hill. That was day two because, you know, we're idiots and we're trying to kill ourselves all the time. (laughs) uh, But and we had a guy with us that was a pro and he was jumping stuff and it was just, you know, we, we were following him around, but we had a blast just carving up through a meadow. I mean, that's, what's kind of cool about it is, you know, to really get your, uh, you know, your, your adrenaline going skiing, you know, you need a lot of, you need hill, you need, you need steep stuff, but with, with a motorcycle, you know, a timber sled, the snow moto, you just, a meadow feels like you're carving out, you know, or a lay flat lake bed or something like that feels like you're, powder skiing is pretty cool. Yeah, amazing. So let's talk about the longboard episode now. Can you talk a little bit about the event you attended in that episode? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> that was amazing. Um, once again, um, yeah, longboards can be, the term can be a little deceptive to people because they think surfing, but uh, longboards, that's what the, you know, the gold miners referred to their skis as. These longboards, they, they live up to their name. I mean, they're 14 to 20, 20 some odd feet long. I mean, they're massive and maybe an inch and a half thick. And, and you're just standing on them with your, just your shoes, basically boots. And they, they don't turn, they just have a track and they start at the top and, and you just kind of balance on these things. And you have a stick, like a pole that for balance and for slowing down, and you just push off and go straight and the first one down wins. And so they do this revival series where they kind of relive the, the moments up at this, uh, in the same area at the Johnsville ski area. And, uh, we invited ourselves to this contest <laughs> and every it's incredible. I mean, everybody is dressed in period style. You feel like you're going back in time and, <laughs> and the racing is serious. I mean, you know, they're out there doping their skis, which they call, that's what they call waxing. And, uh, the women are out there in dresses racing and, you know, they're having a big, you know, not a barbecue. They got a huge fire and people are lined up on the sideline watching. And, you know, after my first run and I crashed and they were all, you know, making fun of me, of course, so oh, harder than it looks than, it, you know, for a gold medalist. And then, of course, they're kind of like consoling you on the way up with every type of brown liquor you know you can you can't even get to the top and so <laughs> anyway it was a real it was that that event i would highly recommend i mean i would try to put that on the calendar and see if you can hit it it's fun even if you don't get on the boards so they do that every year they do it every year uh but sometimes sometimes the conditions don't permit so that area is a little bit lower down uh, i think it's right around five thousand feet or something like that so it's some, some years get pushed off. So you make sure you want to, you want to check on that. But, um, right. in general, they try to have it every year. Yeah. It's called the, uh, Johnsville 
longboard revival series. And there's music and people playing old banjos. Actually, I think they're in the clip. I, I jumped in on a jam. That's right. You did. Yeah. No, I mean, it looked like a, like a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I have to compliment you on your vintage outfit that you wore. You kind of looked like a, a steampunk inventor from the 19th century. <laughs> but I, I'm guessing it, it maybe wasn't the best or most practical thing you ever worn while taking a spill in the snow. No, no, it was not. There was no Gore-Tex involved uh, and it was snowing heavily and I crashed multiple times. So it made me appreciate the uh, new technology that we get to ski in. But but I was feeling no pain. We And plus, when you walk up the hill, you keep the sweat going, you know, no chairlifts in this spot. Right. And uh, yeah, but uh, no, I've, I, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, you like that costume? It's it's gone into my Halloween bin and, and uh, be reused. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> well, you know, people love to ski. They love to snowboard. But you know, as you showed in in these two episodes of your of your video series, there are so many more ways to play in the snow in California that people can even imagine. The options are almost endless. I mean, aren't they? They are, and I think these two episodes really showed that. You know. Um, you don't need to be an extreme Joe and know have some prior skill to really get out there and enjoy it. Um, you know, from snowmobiling to snowshoeing to hiking to longboard races, um, there there are a ton of options out there um, that you know don't involve some lifetime of training. Right, <laughs> you can just show up and 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 get after it. So, um, and we've been you know exploring those, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's accurate. And then there's always Apre for for folks who'd rather play off the slopes instead of on them, right? Absolutely. And uh, you know you don't have to do any skiing or snow moto to Apre. It's it's uh, you know even walking through the snow qualifies you. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my favorite part of the day, sweating it out, and then um, and then you know stopping by to to have a beer in, in the in the local establishments and. Uh, and we had some great ones on this trip down in uh, Gray Eagle where we did the snow moto and the longboard uh, races. We, we stopped on the way out at this place called the Mohawk Tavern in Gray Eagle. And it, it's a classic, you know, spot you don't want to miss um, if, you're, if you're in that area. Um, also great if you're just on Highway 80 and you don't get that far out, you know, off, off the beaten path. You can just pull into Truckee and, and experience some Apre at Bar of America. And then if you want to see some ski apre, you know, where get 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 that vibe, definitely pull into Squaw and go into the village, you know, sometime afternoon and you're going to get the the full Monty there. In fact, they have like an old tram car down there that's new this year for uh like the you know, those big huge trams that they've converted into a bar. So, um apre is definitely worth checking out. Absolutely. Well, you know, this has been great as always, Johnny. Thank you so much for joining us again on California Now. Hey, thank you, Sirius. We got to get you out there on the snow motorbike soon. Oh boy, that would be interesting. <laughs> Johnny Mosley is an Olympic gold medalist, skier, and host of the series Johnny Mosley's Wildest Dreams. He spoke with us from Mosley's Sports Bar in Corte Madera, just north of San Francisco. He's on Twitter and Instagram at Johnny Mosley. You can find links to all the episodes and places we discuss on the show on our website, visitcalifornia.com/podcast. This is California Now.
of skiers come to me and tell me they don't like skiing bumps. Come on, guys, skiing bumps is a ton of fun. Imagine a roller coaster ride where you get to control the speed. Let me show you what I mean. That was Mike Allen, a veteran ski instructor and my next guest on the show. Maybe you're like me and aren't exactly a pro on the slopes, or perhaps you grew up skiing and now you have kids and you want to introduce them to the sport. Well, that's where someone like Mike comes in. He's the director of skier services at Heavenly Mountain Resort in South Lake Tahoe, and he's going to talk to us about learning how to become a better skier. Welcome to California Now, Mike. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Sure. So I'm a complete novice when it comes to skiing. So let's say this winter I head in. Can you give me sort of a walkthrough of what my ski lesson would be like, where we'll start and, you know, where it would move on from there? Sure. So let's assume you're already, uh, you've, you've selected one of our bases. We have three base locations for you to choose from. We have schools at all three. Um, so you've arrived at the, at the base location uh, you're going to gather your, your rental equipment, which is all very fresh and up-to-date. We'll boot fit you so that the boots are comfortable. There's no pinch points. And uh, from there, you're going to make your way to what we call the learning areas, teaching areas. Uh, you'll be greeted by one of our instructors, and they'll start to place you in the appropriate area with other folks of, of like ability. And then, so we get started on, it's, I'm, I'm assuming it's a fairly flat area or maybe a, like a bunny type hill or something, or where do we start? Yeah, it's going to feel flat. And what we're going to do there really initially is, is uh, we're not in a hurry to get to anything too steep. And so initially we're going to talk about really what the day looks like and feels like. So we'll talk about how we would progress through that day. We want folks to be very open with us about you know, do they need water? Water? Do they want water? Are they hot? Are they cold? You know, those are all things uh, that we're focused on to make sure it's a comfortable experience. We'll talk about the equipment itself, how it works, buckling it. We'll check and make sure that things are fastened properly, not too many socks, if you will, all those little things that the pants are, are over the, the boots so you're not getting water inside your, your shin area, that they're, you know, appropriately dressed, that they have a helmet, that's, uh, that's really important to make sure that we've got headgear. And uh, really going over the equipment and how it's used and, and how we'll uh, talk about it, you know, explaining the difference between a tip and a tail and what a binding, you know, all those things. Mm. And I'm assuming like, you know, how you get started, how you turn, how you stop, right? Those are probably the, big, the biggies. That's right. And, you know, we'll start with how do you walk, right? So we, we want to make sure that you can maneuver comfortably, really just walking around. Uh, we'll do some exercises like that. We'll teach some balance. Uh, stance and balance is critical that we have folks in the right position because that's going to keep you from being unnecessarily fatigued. And then absolutely, we'll get into straight running and, and then eventually a, a, a wedge and then a uh, wedge Christie. So when you say wedge and wedge Christie, what is wedge? Is that when you put the skis together kind of like a pizza slice so that you slow down or something? And what's a, is that, am I right? And what's a wedge Christie? A wedge is going to be what we used to refer to as a snow plow. And so it's a, it goes from a wedge to a gliding wedge. And so, yes, basically your, your skis are displaced in a way that allow you to create some friction and control speed. So uh, imagine pushing the, the skis outward and then allowing them to run straight. And so you get this initial sense of control. And then uh, a, a wedge turn, wedge Christie is really just the beginning of of how you make that turn with a nice base of support that's fairly wide and allows the ski to, 
to deflect right and left. And then obviously the progression will be that we start to narrow that stance slightly as we move through either the day or the week. How long do these lessons usually last? Well, we have our learner series, which is designed really for folks to, you know, based on if they want to sample the sport or they might have other activities they're planning with friends and family. So we, we can start them three different times during the day for about an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, but at the same time, we also have lessons that do go all day. And, and we have a, a obviously private lessons, which would be your premier experience, uh, where you have the, the coach for the day. And uh, he's really at your beck and call to make for a perfect experience. Right. Sounds really great. Um, what, what do you recommend I bring to the mountain and, and what will be provided for me when I get there? Well, I, I think that uh, what you want is, is waterproof clothing within reason, um, uh, a, a nice ski sock, right? Let's start from the ground up. So nice ski sock that doesn't have to be too thick. You'll find that, that really your quality ski socks that you'll find at good ski shops are, are not going to be overly thick, but made of uh, good material. A snow boot just for getting around, walking around so that you're, you're safe in terms of traction. And then uh, waterproof pants, waterproof jacket. We absolutely recommend layering, particularly in Lake Tahoe, where we get some diverse uh, temperatures. Obviously, gloves, a good quality glove or mitten, depending on the time of the year. And then uh, a neck gaiter can be really an, a nice piece. That's like a, I'd call it the turtleneck of the new millennial. <laughs> Uh, but a neck gaiter is really great because you can pull that up over your face and if there is any uh, weather or wind, it uh, give you nice protection around the neck area. Well, that sounds really great. I, I'd love to focus now for a few minutes on families. I, I imagine there are a lot of, of young couples out there who grew up skiing and absolutely love it, and now they want to introduce the sport to their kids. Are California ski resorts set up to help these people? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Kids, families, uh, you know, being a dad myself, this was something that I experienced. And you would think of all people that I would be able to teach my children. I knew that was not a good idea. And, uh, and so I enrolled them in the ski school immediately. And what I would tell you about that with kids is it's about patience. It's about time frame. It's about entertaining them with other things. It's not going to be pure technique for a child on day one all day long. We're, we're going to play with the kids we're going to take a lot of breaks. We're going to ensure that they're warm and comfortable because nothing ruins an experience faster than, than being cold, whether you're an adult or a child. We want to make sure that they've got uh, healthy snacks. We've got apple slices and all kinds of great food. Hot chocolate is a big part of our day. Uh, maybe a cookie in there somewhere, but they're going to be enter entertained all day long and, and absolutely kept in safe zones. Our learning zones uh, very often are protected areas, and so th there is not a lot of flow or regular skier traffic through those beginner areas. And so that's a real nice feature that we have. Are the classes arranged or organized by age range or skill level, or is it a little bit of both? Is it you have like the children's kind of divided in skill level and adults divided by skill level? How does it work? Yes, you, you hit it on the head. We're, we're definitely going to go with skill level. We're also going to go with uh, discipline, if you will, which means alpine uh, skiing and or snowboarding. So obviously we'll separate uh, those two disciplines. And then uh, age and ability will also play a role. So we're, we're not going to have a 12-year-old with a 6-year-old. Uh, just doesn't fit and, and because we want to talk to those kids in an age-appropriate way. So 
Um, all of those things will be our, our factor. Group sizes, uh, rarely are they, are they much larger than six. And I would say many, many times they're smaller than that. So, so it's entirely possible like a family of four could show up and let's say they each have a different skill level. They could all take separate lessons optimized just for them. They, in, in a group lesson setting, they absolutely could. And we also have a family private, which is kind of an interesting new product that we've launched. Uh, really, you have your, your pro for the day, and the pro can move about with the entire family if they want to stay together. Um, we, we certainly like to say that we would like them to be of reasonable level. And then the pro can shift his focus. Uh, he might be working with dad a little bit for a while, then he's working with the kids. Uh, we see some families will take a break. So uh, maybe maybe mom stays with the kids for a couple hours, has lunch while the pro is working exclusively with dad and then comes back and vice versa, works with the kids. And, and, uh, and then dad watches the kids, takes mom out. It's basically your six hours and you select how you'd like to slice that up. I saw something about adaptive ski classes. That sounds really cool. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, adaptive is really for folks that, that may have a disability of some form, and that's a, that's a wonderful program, and we're taking folks that, you know, amputees, we have blind, uh, many, many different disabilities uh, we provide access to. We've, we've got the equipment for that. Uh, so folks that may have some challenges with their legs, we will have uh, the opportunity to put them in a sit-ski or a bi-ski if it's their first time. And those coaches are very, very special and uh, have, have trained on some unique skills. And so uh, we do like to see a 48-hour advanced uh, reservation on that. Is there anything else people need to know when they're thinking about heading to the mountains and refining their skills? You know, I, I would say that uh, camelback's not a bad idea. High altitude... Um, once folks get above 6,000 feet, you are going to experience the high altitude, which is, as I said, fresh, fresh air, beautiful setting, blue, blue sky, but you're going to need more water. And so that, that's something that I always try to encourage folks. But no, pretty much you get yourself to the mountain and we'll, we'll get you set up. Mike, this has been great. Thanks so much for talking with us on California Now. Oh, that's great. Thanks for having me and, and look forward to having the folks out. Mike Allen is the Director of Skier Services at Heavenly Mountain Resort in South Lake Tahoe. You can find out more about ski classes there by visiting skiheavenly.com. And we'll have links with lots more information at visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. Thank you for listening to California Now. This podcast is produced by Visit California. I'm your host, Satirius Johnson. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Please subscribe. And you can learn more about California and plan your next visit at visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. That's where you'll find our podcast and much more information. We'll provide links to all of the people and places you learn about here on the show. That's visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. If you're a skier, snowboarder, snowmoto rider, or just like to play in the high altitude this time of year, head on over to Visit California's website. You'll find a comprehensive listing of resorts, activities, and events. That's visitcalifornia.com slash outdoors.